Paul and Silas bound in jail had no money for to go to bail. Keep your eyes on the prize. Hold on. Radio Free Canada. It's May 14th. This is Kevin Annett, your host, keeping the eye on the prize, all of us. you got to love those African call and response songs. Very ancient, based on the idea the call goes out, the people respond. So the call is going out today. We expect all of you to respond in more than just listening, in more than just words, but through action. We're going to be talking about actions today. We've got an update from the International Tribunal of Crimes of Church and State in the campaign against the Ninth Circle Satanic Cult. Also, there's a a new memo coming out of Brussels about all that next, uh, well, tomorrow, but we're going to have some previews of that today. And our special guest, Peter Yellowquill of the Anishinaabe Nation in Central Kanata. He's been a semi-regular on our show, but today he's going to talk about where the children are being obtained from for these, not just these ritual killings, but the child trafficking networks that are rampant all over the world, but especially in targeted communities like Indigenous people. Peter will be on with us at about quarter after the hour. Also, to remind people, follow our work, itccs.org, murderbydecree.com, and write to us, republicofkanata at gmail.com. We have had a marvelous response over the last couple of weeks in the fortnight since the Ninth Circle actions on April 30th. We've literally had a tenfold jump and then every people writing in to volunteer, especially from Central Europe. We had, just in this last week alone, several dozen people writing from Holland, saying, I wasn't aware the Ninth Circle was operating in our own backyard. What do I do? How can we shut these people down? So this is great. These people are undergoing briefing and training as we speak as common law sheriffs and educators in the community to organize and shut down these child killers. Now, this action can spill over onto any issue as part of a movement to reclaim the world from this corporate tyranny that is responsible for so many of these crimes. Don't trust the princes and power people, no matter what they say. Trust yourselves. Redirect our energy away from the Internet to one another, away from the hand puppets they, that they hold up as the leaders to the people who really are leading the struggle on the ground. You're going to meet some of those people on this show, but our whole point is to connect one another. So that's what we're all about. A uh, preview of the upcoming programs, if you go to itccs.org, you'll see uh, next week we have Judy Byanton, the satanic cult therapist, back on the show talking more about how the child-killing cults operate in the western USA and how they're protected by government authorities, including the Attorney General Department. May 28th, we have two of our ITCCS organizers from Toronto calling in to describe how they have taken accreditation as common law sheriffs, and they're going to be issuing stand-down orders to police and government thugs who are evicting poor tenants on the east side of of Toronto. So that'll be on May 28th. And finally, the first two shows in June, June 4th and 11th, we will have one of the world's experts on the Croatian genocide led by the Vatican against Serbs and Jews in Croatia during the 1930s and 40s and how that genocide is continuing today. Uh, Professor Zavanovich will be with us, but also we're going to be showing how this historic genocide is connected to the Ninth Circle and satanic ritual killings. So those are upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about it. Gather at this time, listen to it together as a group, and then talk about how you can enact things like that in your community. We have those Radio Free Canada groups operating. Use this radio show as an organizing tool to bring people together in your community. Write to us again, republicofcanata at gmail.com, for more information about that. Now, as I promised, we're going to go to that excerpt. It's not the entire transcript. That's going to be coming out tomorrow. Uh, If you go to itccs.org in the morning, it'll be up by then. But it's a communique out of Brussels, dated tomorrow. The topic is an update on the Ninth Circle actions and our direct action protocol. The first part, the update. And this is quoting the report. In the fortnight since our direct action units disrupted these killings and helped to detain 19 cult members and free eight children slated for sacrifice, the Ninth Circle, through its Vatican judicial and government allies, have counterattacked quickly to contain and undermine our breakthrough. 
Several of the police officers who assisted our action units and who have been identified by their superiors have been transferred or suspended. In the Netherlands, two such police officers were suspended after the Royal Palace requested their disciplining. No charges have been brought against the 19 cult members that were arrested, and all of them have been released. These are the cult members in the Ninth Circle who were arrested. They've all been released, in most cases without even being questioned or fingerprinted. However, our own action teams have the names and photos of these cult members and some of their testimonies. Our sources indicate that an unofficial media blackout has been imposed by the governments of France, Holland, Belgium, and Switzerland over the entire issue. And that forbids any politician or police officer to acknowledge or comment on either the Ninth Circle cult or the actions we took. That explains why some people have been writing and saying, well, the local police denied anything happened. Of course they are denying it. They've been told to. Similarly, the apparent back-channel messenger from a faction in the Vatican who requested a meeting with our directorate has gone silent. Either he was shut down by the Vatican, or the Vatican is imposing a general blackout now on the entire issue as part of its damage control. And we noticed this happened before, at the time that Pope Benedict uh, stepped down. One of the cardinals had approached us, the Cardinal of Genoa, um, and uh, he then withdrew his offer to speak after the word came down and they went into damage control after the Pope's resignation. So it's a pattern in the Vatican, and it's probably surfacing again. To continue, in Switzerland, France, and Holland, where we successfully stopped the cult rituals, police officials are now being politically pressured to conduct a witch hunt in their departments to locate and discipline the officers who assisted us. This pressure is being brought to bear through uh, national politicians funded by the Catholic Church, like François Fillon in France, and those personally associated with the Ninth Circle themselves, like former Belgian Prime Minister Elio de Rupo. In France, and this is very important, the papal nuncio, Cardinal Luigi Ventura, formerly of Canada, is directly involved in leading this witch hunt to purge the police who assisted us. Cardinal Ventura himself is personally tied to Ninth Circle crimes in Canada through his role in covering up the Indian residential school murders and satanic-related child trafficking in Cornwall, Ontario. This occurred after he was appointed papal nuncio in Canada in 2001 by no other than convicted Ninth Circle leader Pope Benedict Joseph Ratzinger. Now, as part of this counterattack, a broad public disinformation campaign has been launched by the Vatican's so-called Holy Alliance Espionage Service to discredit and misrepresent the ITCCX actions while searching for the identity of those members of our action units. In other words, they want to kill these our, our, our members. The Holy Alliance standard method of exposing and eliminating uh, opponents involves, in, the, in our case, involving IC, in pressuring ITCCS workers to disclose their identities and other confidential information. And they do that by creating a contrived public pressure to bear, uh, that demands proof of the truth of the ITCCS reports. We get emails, for example, people saying, well, I won't believe you until I see the evidence. Who are the people involved? Where are these cult sites? And so on. In other words, concerned people and media investigators are unwittingly becoming the tools of Vatican death squads by pressuring the ITCCS to disclose evidence prematurely. Now, our supporters don't seem to understand the nature of our enemy. But they do have to understand our nature. We are a frontline army of action, not a rear echelon debating society worried about our public image. In response to these counterattacks, the ITCCS and its direct action units are imposing a new and more strict control over the flow of information in our hands. We're limiting access of our evidence to accredited individuals and groups rather than to the general public. This restriction is necessary to guarantee the safety and effectiveness of our units and the lives of the innocent. Now, what follows is a 10-point action protocol, which you can read about, but let me just uh, summarize uh, before you read about it online tomorrow at ICCCS.org. Here are the main points. The purpose of the ITCCS action units is twofold, to rescue the lives of children and arrest and prosecute those responsible for harming them and those who aid and abet them. The, the action units operate under a local commander responsible to the ITCCS. It's self-reliant and operates as an independent force, but seeks help from trained, incredible local police officers. Now, the, the action unit will record and gather all evidence, but it's strictly remaining in the hands of the ITCCS. It shall not be disclosed to any other agency and that, until that agency is screened and approved by the ITCCS. 
The ITCCS itself governs its media releases according to the criteria of rescuing children and prosecuting the guilty. All other considerations are subordinate, including the need to educate the public, reply to questions or challengers, or explain our actions to the world. We recognize that we are engaged in a war against a more powerful adversary, and therefore, as a girl of force, must rely on the skills of secrecy, surprise, and deception to outmaneuver and disrupt that enemy. Our unpredictability and secrecy is our main weapon, and that weapon is compromised by a public relations information-sharing approach to the rest of the world. We're not concerned about our public image or sharing information. We're concerned about action and shutting down these criminals. People who want to help us can be trained in this action and not simply share information, which in itself doesn't achieve anything. So in summary, the directorate of the ITCCS will not release the names or identities of any suspects, the children rescued, action members, or any of the evidence, except to previously accredited individuals who will work on the behalf of ITCS and are not unknown, anonymous individuals who could very easily be working for the Ninth Circle. That said, such evidence and information can and will be shared to individuals and groups that we have pre-screened and authorized. People can apply for that screening and briefing by the ITCCS by writing to itccsoffice at gmail.com. Any individual who violates and does not abide by this protocol shall be subject to the full force of the law. So in other words, in summary, yes, information will go out, but through our control channels to reliable sources and not simply to people who write in. Those are the conditions that the ITCCS have to operate for the safety of the children and its workers now that the attacks are increasing. So that will be up online tomorrow at itccs.org. And um, we, uh, are just, we're going to come back to that in the, in the end. But again, I would urge you to follow this. And if you want more information on that, write directly to the ITCCS itccsoffice at gmail.com. I've got more on that, but I noticed Peter is on the line with us. Hello, Peter. Hey, hello. It's good to have you back again, brother. It's good to be back, yes. Now, you know, we've been talking on the show about child trafficking, about the satanic ritual networks that operate, and, you know, one of the things that always strikes me when we're talking about the genocide in Canada is how these ritual killings were obviously going on in the Indian residential schools and, and how the child trafficking is still going on today. So I wonder if you could share with us some of your struggle now to expose this, to stop these crimes against your children, and, and the other things from your own past and, and your, your struggles now that you'd like to share with us. Well, we, we've uh, come across uh, several individuals who, who, who are being sold uh, under the noses of uh, the Dakota Ojibwe Tribal Council Family Services. Uh, we've yet to try and uh, get them to uh, build up the strength so they can uh, speak to the matter. And uh, they're being sold out to men uh, when they're young, 12, 13, maybe even younger, we're not sure. But there's a, a group of uh, uh, group homes uh, along the Brandon area and other areas where this was going on. And uh, we, we've determined so far that at least in one occasion that the child and family services was told. Now, of course, we don't have any insight into what's happening uh, generally to a lot of young kids that are being stolen uh, because we, we don't have that avenue to, 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 to speak to these kids yet. And they haven't opened up or they, they're not freed, right? They're, they're, they're captives, they're held captives. But this is going on. It's been going on for quite some time, and uh, we're just trying to get... I think we've got a couple of uh, young people that are willing to... maybe willing to speak out uh, and, and expose what's been going on. So, you but know, tell me a little speaking, bit about, for people who don't know, why is child trafficking so easy to happen in the, in the Aboriginal world in Canada and, and other places? Well, <laughs> nobody gives a shit. Uh, um, and these are these are uh, uh, children, uh, um, native children, Indians in the eyes of, uh, uh, of un- and, and some of these people that are doing this in the eyes of the police forces. They just didn't, didn't care. I mean, what was happening in the residential schools uh, was happening back home, also on the reservations, and the Indian agents didn't give a shit. Uh, nobody seemed to give a damn what was happening to 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 us as children. And now it's it's it's, it's generational, and uh, it's really difficult to uh, uh, to have anyone move. You know, you know, they say in the United Nations Convention on Genocide, 
moving children from their families into a foreign group, that's genocide. And, of course, that was part and parcel of the whole genocidal residential schools. But tell me from your own experience how you experienced that, what you saw in Brandon and Portage La Pura and these other so-called schools. What, what, what we saw was uh, terrorism uh, on children, uh, isolation, uh, uh, deprivation, uh, uh, food as a weapon to try and indoctrinate uh, us into uh, um, these hardcore religious groups. And not that we didn't want to understand who Jesus was, but uh, the methodology was cruel and uh, uh, to be beaten and raped by the ones that said that, you know, God loves you, Jesus loves you. Uh, I think uh, that's the, the ultimate in, in insanity, spiritual insanity. Uh, and uh, if anybody should be in fear of judgment, it should be those bastards. Uh, right. Now, but what we were witness to, all these things, uh, and, and many, many of us just kept quiet because there was literally nowhere you could turn. And where, when we did suspect that there was good supervisors, that there was people that, that did care, they didn't never seem to last. Uh, uh, right. And it, it seemed the system was, was, was set up so that uh, if, if the principal was an abuser, like at Brandon and, and Portage, uh, La Prairie, uh, uh, then... The staff kept quiet, and it was just, it was normal. Right. It's a normal routine to be abused. And it, it, it just crushed our minds and our hearts and uh, and broke some of our spirits. And some people came out just uh, never, ever going to be uh, uh, fully functional uh, in this, this world as we, we come to know it. Well, you know, and that's true, you know what? Sorry, go ahead, Peter. The genocide is still going on in the sense that, that to, 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 de- to destroy a people, you must destroy one of its basic fundamental spiritual foundations and strengths, and that's the family. Right. And, and the Indian Act was, 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 was the perfect weapon uh, uh, to, to commit that genocide through the Indian agents, uh, through even some of our own people who were convinced that... that, that that, that this was the way to go. This this was education, uh, but it was not what we agreed to at the time of treaty. This 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 forced uh, 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 this crushing of little children was not what we agreed to at the time of treaty as, as to what education would be. Now, we developed in the seventies and, and the early eighties. We developed our own say agencies to take over the genocide of the Children's Aid Society. Of, of, uh, of Manitoba, they call it the 60 scoop, whatever. It's simply just uh, another form of, of, of stealing our children, stealing our, destroying our families, uh, and we still suffer. We, we, we see it today. And what's happening is when some of the tribal councils signed on with the province of Manitoba, uh, the, the genocidal intent of some of that legislation is still in legal effect. And what's happening is our children are being taken on a scale that's greater than when the Children's Aid had that authority. And what's happening is the genocide is being committed by our own hands, knowingly and unknowingly perhaps at the best. But the thing is, it's still happening. The child is taken, and then the first thing that happens is it's a total isolation and separation from the family. Right. When when we envisage these agencies, and I remember some of the old chiefs, they're all gone now, and then some of the administrators, our government advisors, and our elders, the sole purpose was to, to, to keep that family together, no, no matter what the cost. But what, what's happening is we're falling into step with the Children's Aid Society of the 60s. And, and if, if there are agencies out there that are doing different, we'd like to hear it. But what we're seeing on the ground here on our homeland is, is that very thing. And we've, we've got young, young, young families that are wrecked, totaled. Okay? It's, and, and we're facing almost, these young families, it's almost insurmountable odds. There's this crack. Now the meth is coming in like a flood. And, 
and where these chiefs and councils, the Indian Act councils, we now call them, where they're focusing on money and chasing the white man's money and trying to build glass towers in Winnipeg, we on the ground here are suffering. And no one is, is, is paying attention to, to, to these young families that are being destroyed. And they get to see their children, what, once a month? I mean, that's horrendous. This, what year is this? We're still doing the, the, the damn same thing that destroyed our families in the first place. Right. When we've been screaming, we have been screaming here, going up against our own agency, going up against the problems of Manitoba at a great cost to try and change that. To get, to get back to the original purpose, we have to go after a supervisor, we have to go after a, 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 some staff in the OTC, and, and we have to go after the chief and council who were directly in control of the agency through the people they put on these committees. Everything we dreamed of, every safety we put in there, doesn't mean nothing. Nothing is sacred. Our traditions aren't sacred. The word of God's not sacred. All it is is we're doing the same thing. And and we're at a real loss sometimes as a community. How do we put this bastardly conduct to a stop? When How do you think? We, yeah. Well, we have to sit and take the government of Manitoba by the throat and say no more. You are still committing genocide. And we, the chiefs, have to get the bloody backbone to say enough is enough. We're going to challenge that part of the act that, that gives a foreign government an authority to steal our children over and over over again. Instead of saying we are going to put those resources into keeping that family together at all costs. Right? That's one thing. The other thing that has to happen is on our side of the treaty line, this bullshit about hiring your relatives and your favorite little friends on all these jobs is killing us also. We see it right here at Long Plain. We've got families here that are, that are, that are crying out. Yet a, a young woman got herself in trouble in Miami, Florida. What did the band council do? They sent people down there to help her because that's her relative. They gave her a house when she got back. That's good for that young family. But what about the rest of us here? Uh-huh. See, our enemies are the same as when I entered into this home community of mine. I came in as a stranger in my own land. But I could see with these, these little residential school eyes that there was something seriously wrong here. And, and that nepotism and favoritism was killing us then, and it's still killing us now. We talk tradition. We talk Christianity. But let's get real about it. And let's just challenge these things. If we have to offer a constitutional challenge, let's do it. If, if the young men and women have to stand up, well, let's organize and let's do it. But the chiefs and councils are getting blind to this. They, they right. give it some lip service. Okay, they give it some lip service. But I don't see no concrete action. Well, Peter, you know, I remember I was in one of our previous interviews, you said how you had to go away, you had to go on your own spiritual quest and journey to find yourself again, find your heart, and then you could be aware and take this. This is really the first step, don't you think? I mean, is that a, is that a priority in your community to try to create that again, recover that, that living heart of your culture? We've been, um, um, there's lots of confusion. Yeah. Because what, what, the young people are seeing, and, and they, they don't bullshit, okay? Uh, if they see a phony Christian, they'll call it. Uh, and we know they're into gangster, okay? But they're calling it as it is. And they see phony traditional people, they call it as it is. Uh, they literally give it the F.U., okay? Mm-hmm. But but some of these young people are beginning to, 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 to awaken. They're beginning to realize, okay, I, I may be strung out. I've got a monkey on my back. I'm shooting that shit into my arm but I know there's something wrong. But we're not there. We're not there yet where we can take them and say, okay, there's an alternative here. We're sending them out of province, all these uh, 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 traditional healing things, and that's fine. But when, when they come back, it's like coming out of jail. When you come back, it's the same damn place. Yep. Right? Uh, and not enough. And, and there's, I'm not the only one. There's other families here that have been crying out, other elders that have been saying, when are we going to stop all this chasing the white man's money? When are we going to stop and we're going to start putting that money into into our people? Right. 
not to impress the great white master, okay, but our people and our children. When are we going to teach them the, the, the traditional values of, 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 of respect and honor, not pride? Your people never taught me anything about pride. Okay. We're proud of this, proud of that. No, no. It said honor. They said respect, love. Those hardcore, they call them the eternal law. If we start teaching that, when I walked into the school here, uh, uh, the school here, we worked hard to bring that school home through the treaty process, bring it back here. Not the residential school, that was never part of the treaty, but to bring it back here. I walked into that school, I, I didn't see one word of our traditional values on the walls. I saw some power pictures and that's it. But I didn't see any of those hardcore values, those spiritual foundations. And I asked, where are they? Everybody looked at one another. So something has gone fundamentally wrong. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and we need to sit down here and every First Nation that this is happening and it's just what's happening in everyone. We've got to get rid of this bastardly Indian Act in some form to resist it in some form. I know, I think it was in the uh, early 90s, uh, there was a move to dismantle the Department of Indian Affairs. And I was part of that, and I was, I was happy to be part of it. But some of our own chiefs resisted. Yeah. And it dragged on into a lengthy process. It became a money quest as opposed to a quest for government. And eventually, yeah. uh, uh, whatever, the tap got, got cut off. But the foundation of our survival as a culture, is in our own hearts. Yep. And, it, and it's, it's our own mouth that we're going to share it with one another. If we can't do that, then we're just going to be what we look at right now around here, a gangster, bingo yep. culture, you know, all those things that, 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 that are not, uh, uh, that, that really don't teach our children nothing. We're living it right now. We're living yep. it right here. Hardcore. Somebody just walked up to uh, the gas bar here the other day and pulled a shotgun on, on, on one of the, the guys here. Held it to his head for, what, $200? Mm. A few years ago, somebody else got shot. Somebody got knifed in the... What is happening? Where in the hell is all that money we worked hard to get for our, this generation now that's suffering? Where in the hell is all that money going? They're even asking it themselves now. People are being removed from their treaty house. These are not banned-owned houses. We try to teach this to some of these guys. God damned Indian Affairs. This treaty was to give us a home from the land and the trees that they were, they're stealing off us. That was the deal. Now, the band council has been chasing people out, alleging that they're drug dealers. But they're not starting at the, the council table where that cocaine's been flowing for the last 15, 20 years. And as a community, and I remember some of the elders, we tried to get the RCBs, the RCMP, excuse me, the RCBs, we call them red-coated bastards who won't do their job. Yep. And the, the, the coke and, and all that shit came in like a flood. But not at once was anybody busted. Okay. Why, why do you think the Mounties turned a blind eye to the drugs? Pardon? Why did the RCMP turn a blind eye to the drugs, the drug trafficking? They don't give a shit. It's native kids, right? Same thing with the blacks. Who, who, who cared if the blacks were, 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 were uh, uh, um, getting strung out and croaking and, and, and shooting each other? Only when it became a menace to the whites did it, did it, did it, uh, uh, was there some action. But you see... Now, in Portage of the Prairie, and I believe in every other community, even in the Bible Belt here, the coke is in amongst those generations. Mm -hmm. And the meth is spreading like wildfire. And we got this new uh, 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 walking death that's, uh, that's uh, uh, be, uh, everything's being cut with, with that shit there. What's it called? Um, uh, fentanyl? Right. Fentanyl? Fentanyl, yeah. We've had one flat, we, we had one of our guys flatline out already. Uh, I think he died for eight or nine minutes. Uh, so what uh, tuberculosis and smallpox used to be, now it's drugs. It's a weapon of genocide. Well, it's a plague. Absolutely, yep. it's a plague. Uh, and uh, um, like, 
<laughs> being a bad boy, I went up against one of the drug dealers here. Oh, yeah. I got charged, okay? And I don't give a shit. I, I mean, I'm going to court. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. I know what my defense is. No one did anything to prevent that guy from doing what he was doing. They knew, and they didn't do nothing. For the last 15 years or so, 20 years, the RCMP did nothing. There was one bus that I can remember, but the, the guy was a friend of mine, and he told me the hardcore dealers had 48 hours notice that there was a bus coming down. And who knew about it? The band council knew it was coming. This thing is, 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 is like, it's, it's like a, a cancer. Mm-hmm. And we want to try different things. We, we, but we just can't get through that council door. What about uh, alternative leadership? I know you've we've talked about that before. How you build that outside the council system? Well, we 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 were we were we were doing it. Yeah. All right. We were setting up this uh, what we were calling a customs council. This is the closest we can get to the clan system as we understood it at the time. Because you got to remember that we're literally being brainwashed and beaten in the residential school for 10, 11 years. You think you couldn't really come out of there knowing anything about your culture? No way. But but we had to learn. We had to read, listen to the elders. We had to relearn okay, what was good. What was what was the values that we wanted to to you know to to bring in back, bring back. We came so close. But when it came to putting the woman back in their proper authorities and their proper roles in, in, in traditional governance and in our lives, a small group balked. And they come after me and they destroyed everything, literally. How'd they do that, Peter? The, the, the Indian Act, gossip, rumor, medicine, yeah. sorcery, witchcraft, you name it. Everything was done to stop this, and what we've got, we're right back in the bloody Indian Act darkness again. See? But now we, we see the chatter on Facebook. We see uh, different people. We think at least we've started some kind of fire, and we're trying to get this thing across. It. We have to literally burn that goddamn Indian Act and, 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 and go hardcore our values, do or die. Yeah. We're dying anyway. We're a dying culture right now. I'm telling you, we're a dying culture. And it's do or die. There's, there's little fits of, of life. But that's not enough. Yeah. We're, we're, we're losing a generation, maybe two. And, 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 and these young people, how can they fight? How can they stand if they don't have a, a, a solid value system? Mm-hmm. Okay, when when it, when it's just gangster being solid, okay, that's fine. Uh, uh, but is that all there is? And, and how do we change that that young person's mind who's shooting up every opportunity they get, who's out there every dollar that they're getting? Is for crack or mess. How do we deal with our own dealers? Why is the council sitting there with thumbs in dark places when all this is happening? And we have millions of dollars we can spend fighting this thing. And I mean sitting down together. That's how we fight. That's how we fought our way out of the Indian Act. We were almost out of it. And if, but if we don't do that, then literally I can see my life's been almost a waste. <laughs> and anybody else has tried because we're being overcome. We hear the nice things being said on TV. We, we see all these things from the, even the Grand Chiefs. But on the ground here, what's happening? That's where it counts. Self-government, the, the, the life of our culture, the survival of our culture is not that the Assembly Manitoba Chief's Table or the Southern Chiefs Organization, even the MKO. It's right here on the ground with our families. And it's a horrendous struggle and it's a huge fight because sometimes we're up against our very own people. Yep. 
Well, you know, and, Peter, and that's the uh, hardest struggle of all. We talked before, too, about the women and the child are the basis of the culture, and so unless you recover your own children, there is no future. So can, can you tell me ways in terms of this... You know, you mentioned that Child and Family Services, if that's what it's called in Manitoba, they are openly trafficking and targeting children all the time, white, native, whoever. Um, what's what's a way you can fight locally to prevent that? Courage. Our people have to get the courage again to, 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 to say enough is enough. They have to stop being afraid of the big families. Because... Mm. We're not a First Nation here. We're a part of the greater Ojibwe Nation, and in our case, Lakota, Lakota, Lakota. But these guys act like they're their own. It's their own little empire. Right. Okay. People that speak out cannot get work. People services are denied. Okay. And and, and people are bribed, pure and simple. Our, our, our traditional value system, as as it was being applied even to that Indian Act style of government, is literally non-existent. It's just these are just lip service now. On the ground, it's corrupt. It's, it's nepotism and favoritism. There's only one way to beat it, and that's if we sit down and do it. If not, then I can tell you our culture is dead, and people will say different. But here on the ground, you just come and see. Here on the ground, we see it. And, and if we're going to change these agencies, it's going to have to start here. It's not going to start with the Southern Chiefs Organization talking to the province of Manitoba. It's going to have to start here at the grassroots. Our women, and I said this at the Treaty 1-11 meeting uh, in Brandon last year, uh, nobody funded me. I had to go there on my own account. <laughs> but the thing was, I said to our women, you have to stand up. Mm-hmm. We'll be there beside you. We are Kichita. That's our job, but you have to stand up. You have. Are to they? Up. Are there women in your community who are doing that? There's, there's, there's signs of it, signs of life, I believe. But, but, it, but it's not, it's not happening fast enough. This, this, this thing that's happening to us is uh, uh, like everybody thought pot was bad, acid was bad, uh, and then the, the coke was bad, and, and then the crack came along. Oh, that was really bad. But but this is this is something else. This is something else. It's the meth age. Speed, right? <laughs> what did they call it back in the day? But the thing yeah, was, it, it, it's so cheap. Uh, the, the high is longer, um, and you crank it. It's it's it's, 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 it's unbelievable. It's uh, I never thought that our community would come to this, but we're talking young people here. Okay. And, and uh, yeah. the only way we're going to do it is, is, is somehow we've got to get together. Um, well, Peter, you're targeted. You talked about the way they come down on people. Do you want to tell listeners some of what's happened to you and the situation you're in now? Uh, right now, I, I, well, first of all, you're blacklisted. Um, uh, when I did get a job with a band here, uh, uh, um, I'll give you an example. I, I, I'm a strong believer uh, that when we entered into the treaty that, that we didn't give up uh, any of our sovereignty. Uh, we didn't give up certain things and that literally we had one file where the candle was uh, had stolen the land and, and what was happening I said the negotiation I'm supposed to be the senior negotiator I went there and I literally threatened Canada because they literally in 19 this was back in 1916 right but they, they literally stole that land and here's these, this land council and the Canadian literally holding hands over some document that they've narrowed the argument so badly that it shreds the treaty to, uh, to, to, to shreds the treaty and I threatened them. I was fired within a week. But the thing was, if you are not prepared to bow down to whoever is the elected chief, and this is a circumstance we find here, and not listen to him or his little group or his two big families, then you're out. Over the years, I, I, I faced off with, a, uh, I think at one point, a, a 30-30 Winchester, a 3-3 British, uh, beaten a couple of times, uh, assaults, you know, different kind of assaults, uh, sorceries, witchcraft, everything. But, but I can't, couldn't stop doing what I was doing. <laughs> I just couldn't. No. 
Because as I began to learn where my fuel, my energy, my, my, my spiritual sustenance came from, was not only from the Word of God, but, but also as I began to learn what the old, old people had been passing down to me through my, my own relatives, because all my life I never knew my relatives, right? But there was a way that they began, my grandparents spoke to me directly through individuals they'd left messages with. And I began to see where our strength is. I began to see where the need to, 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 to carry on, not to give up, and to stand at all costs. Okay. Uh, just recently, I, I, uh, I ended up in the hospital again twice. Uh, I was here in my house uh, one night, and my lane was flooded out. The ambulance couldn't get in. And, and this, this, this thing came upon me, and I, it just sudden. And I, I didn't realize what it was until I got in the ambulance, but, uh, but people began to pray right away. In 1993, during the period I was chief, someone brought some medicine into my house. And it's, it's a potion. It's, it's, it's a chemical. It's a chemical basis. And, and I stepped on it. And that's what they tried to use to kill me. The poison. Just recently, uh, when I was in Winnipeg about two weeks ago, the same thing began to happen to me. And I recognize the pain because in that period, of, when I woke up the second time and my mother-in-law was holding my hand and telling me not to give up, because on the seventh day I was in a coma, and, and I could feel the pain in every, literally every cell. And, I, and as I was going through this, I swear, there's something wrong here. I, I, feel, I know I had this feeling before, and it hit me the same feeling I had back in 1996. And, and, and here I was trying to get a job somewhere on, and do with land claims because that attack in 93 had to do with land claims. They were trying to stop me. There's a, there's a, a, a medicine that, that affects your mind, and this is what they were trying to do. So I began right. to heat up, and I began to feel this pain. But we asked for prayer right away, and, and uh, it went away within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. But both times, they checked my blood, urine, all the tests, nothing. There's no physiological basis for, for what was happening to me. Do you know who was doing this to you? We, we have an idea, but literally we can point at them, but, you know, it's... it's, it's uh, uh, they, they, we on Jinnay, I mean, they're going to get it back. <laughs> That's what our people say. I was taught, if, and I can do it, they said, if you want to send it back, you can. But mm-hmm. right. then you'll be just like them. Right. If they're trying to murder you, you're just a murderer like them. I mean, yeah. the anger wells up. But, I mean, how long has this been going? How long do we have to put up with this? When, when all we want to do is, 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 is try and salvage what's left and rebuild. And there's a lot, we've been doing a lot of work, not only our family, the other families also, uh, to try and rebuild this, this thing. But, but, Every time we seem to get so close, like we did, uh, I said about 94, 95, um, we came so close. And and although we did not fully understand the role of the women, we knew it was critical to our existence. And we were organizing them to, 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 we were talking about having an Ogima Akwe, like was the leader of the women. And and then we find out that, in fact, with all you went in and them, the leadership, they under certain circumstances, they could not speak to certain matters without the sanction of the clan mothers or the grandmothers. We, we want to, it sounds foreign to us, this concept, when our minds have been through the residential school, when our minds have been through uh, 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 the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, uh, and, and, and that whole there to try and change our minds. It sounds foreign, but if you really think about it, okay, it's the only way we can survive. Democracy is a sham. We, 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 we exercise and put the X in the ballot, but that's the only part that you can recognize. Everything else under this Indian Act is about power, 
it's about manipulating the numbers. It's about, uh, uh, you talk about political gangsterism, it's about the big families getting together and fixing the election even before you go to the ballot box. A lot of our people vote with their feet. They don't even bother going. And that's one thing we don't recognize, that our people do vote with their feet. They just won't be there. And yeah. that says a lot in our culture. But these people just hang on to that Indian Act for their dear life, not ours. They're right. hanging on to the thing for their money that's in their pockets. Mm-hmm. People have ranches, they got horses, and, and, and what about what of my what does my neighbor have? He still got to go down to the dollar store to get his, his noodles. Okay. Yes, part of that has to do with, with the drug thing. But you know, we're millionaires here. We're millionaires, I know. I work with the elders. I work with the women on the council at the time, and, and, and to, to get those millions here, you know, supposed to improve for the next generation. Peter, we only got about two or three minutes. Uh, do you want to sum it up, or message you want to leave, or contact info, anything you want to share? Uh, I think that that, that for, for First Nations people that are listening. This, this, this monster that's on us, this demon, you, you really have to pray, number one. Number two, talk to your neighbors. And don't be afraid. There's some of you out there that the same thing is happening to you is happening to me. I met some of you at that meeting in Treaty 1 to 11. But I can tell you, you can't give up. You just can't. It's the death of our culture if you do. And then Gusekikido, little star, told me, he said, you may be the only one that's telling the truth, Peter, he says, but you've got to tell it. And don't you dare give up, he said. Mm-hmm. He was in his 75th year, he died shortly after. Mm-hmm. But that's all I can share. Yeah. We, hear we you, have brother. visions. We haven't had yeah. time to share them yet. But, mm-hmm. but we, we're, we're still... And some days we do give up, I'm telling you. You just you just yeah. gotta lay there and say, Oh man, this is too much, you know. But for, for, for the Canadian people that are listening, and if you pray, well pray for us. Pray for us. Because what's happened to us is genocide. It has crushed us. We are hurting spiritually. We are hurting physically. We we we're facing Abuse on a scale that never was ever in our culture. Yet it's an insidious part of what's happening here. And, and, and we're, we're fighting hard to try and stop it. It's overcoming us, some of us. We know that. Okay. But we still have to keep trying. Yep. Somehow we got to get the message across to our own people. You know, the hell with the Indian Act. That's what I tell them constantly. Right. Let's, you, do or die. Peter, um, thank you. We're running out of time, but we'll have you back, and uh, you can share more of this. This is your program, too, brother. Anytime you want to bring more people on, we'll schedule it. Thanks for your work today, brother. All right. Thank you so much for for the listeners. I I just hope I didn't get carried away. (laughs) No, no. You're good. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Peter Yellowquill from Central Canada, the Anishinaabe Nation, and... um, it's funny, he just said something that was word for word what was said to me once when the United Church was throwing me out in their illegal defrocking uh, because I stumbled across their crimes of genocide. It was uh, uh, 1997, and uh, we were in the middle of this kangaroo court hearing, and some of the natives from the downtown east side had showed up to picket my defrocking trial, saying, you know, where is justice in the United Church, and that kind of thing. And one of the elders came up. She was a woman in the downtown east side named Harriet. She came up and she said, it might take you 20 years to get justice, Kevin. It's taken us our whole life, but you can't give up. You're the only white man talking about this stuff, and you can't give up because of all the children out there. And, you know, her words have always stayed with me. And it's funny, her, her words just reverberated again today in Peter Yellowquill. And uh, I keep hearing her speak. She's dead now. She's not in this world, but she's continuing to hold witness, just like all of our murdered brothers and sisters. So I want to thank all of you today and remind you that, as Peter said, we've got to talk to each other. Turn off your Internet. Go talk to your neighbor. 
don't give up. We have a vision. You have to act on it. Now the measure is what we do. And we have a model for that, Common Law Training Manual. Look for it at Amazon.com under Kevin Annett. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing training workshops in your community. If you want to be part of this, it's a time for action. Like Peter said, all of our backs are to the wall now, all of ours. And so we either sink or swim now. If you want to be part of this training program, write to us, republicofcanata at gmail.com. Follow our work, itccs.org. Now, to remind you again, next week we've got Judy Byanton back on to talk about how they're fighting. Again, not talking, but fighting the uh, Satanic Ritual Networks in Utah, uh, the complicity of the government, the Attorney General's Office, in protecting known child-killing Satanists. We're going to be talking about that next week. So tell your neighbors to gather at the program next week and then talk about what you can do in your community. We've got people in cities all over southern Ontario especially who are taking that action, who are tracking the local uh, child killers and taking direct citizen action. Just like we did in Europe, it's spreading all over the world. We have to keep going. Don't lead a nine-to-five existence anymore, brothers and sisters. This is a 24-hour-a-day job in reclaiming our minds, our souls, so we have a future, all of us. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. And, uh, again, keep writing. I appreciate all your emails. Canada at gmail.com. And, um, oh, just a final note, too. The, the stuff Peter was mentioning, his eyewitness testimonies is in our book, Murder by Decree, The Crime of Genocide in Canada. That also you can get at Amazon. It's our counter-report to the whitewash of the United Church, the Catholic, the Anglican churches, and the federal government, the whitewash of genocide in Canada that killed over 60,000 innocent children. And you can get that online, uh, murderbydecree.com. Peter's quoted in there. He's also in our many of our documentary films. So um, I would just leave that with you. The ball's in your court. Our future is in your hands, in all of our hands. Thank you, brothers and sisters. We'll have a lot more next week. And until then, stay strong and stay clear and become active. This is Kevin Annett. I thank you. Oh, freedom. Oh, freedom. Great.